When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Tackling Life Podcast with the great Ray Lewis and me, Dr. Christian Conti. It's a success podcast that tackles life through the lessons of sports. Ray, how you doing today? Doc, I'm beautiful, man. How you doing? Just got off, just got off this bike, Doc. That bike, man. That bike. You ride, you know, that, you ride a bike farther than I ride my motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> I put in right about like 217 miles in like six days. My goodness. Holy yeah, so, I, you know, I, you got to break the leg. If you know anything about the cycling world, you got to, like, break the legs back in. Seat time is important. So it's it's a, it's a bunch you got to go through. You got to go through your butt crouch being freaking sore from this little seat. <laughs> <laughs> I would buy, like, a big banana seat. <laughs> That's a, no wonder you, how you can't get use no. one of them, dog. You got to pedal too fast. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know about that then. <laughs> I can't sit on that little no, it's seat. That's cool, though. No, good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's What's awesome. Up, well, I was thinking, you know, a, a lot of our listeners out there are in relationships or are not in relationships and don't understand why they're not in relationships. So I thought one of the great subjects we could share with our audience today is uh, the seven deadly relationship habits that people have. And these are the type of habits that kind of destroy relationships. And for me, it's very interesting when people start to hear about these because they think, oh, oh, yes, I do that. Oh, I, oh, yeah, I do that one. <laughs> and so when people start to do these things, the relationships fall apart. The seven, the seven deadly habits of relationships. This should be really good. This should be really good. Look, let's go with number one. Let's start All with right, number one. Number one. The number one deadly relationship habit is criticizing this happens wow. when you you know you know as soon as I say the word you know what it is. But when you're in a relationship with your loved one and the person starts criticizing you, you should be doing this, you should be doing that, and they're not very supporting of you. They're just criticizing of you. That's the no, the number one deadly relationship habit. Listen, criticizing, and, and I want and 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 each one of these uniquely has the same ingredient in them. And when we get to seven, I'll let you know what that ingredient is. But mm. when you think about what criticizing really does, is it makes you take all the attention off of yourself. Mm. All it does, right? Because now yes. w- w- whatever you're reflecting to someone else is what's in your mind. It has nothing to do with a companion, right? I, I, used, to, I used to tell coaches this all the time. You do, you do not win by criticizing a player. You lose him if you criticize him. If, if, if you embrace him at his weakness, at his mistakes, then you get a better person coming back off of that. So, and, and, and oh, and, and that one thing, bro, I'm telling you, criticize, I, I used to watch it all the time. Like coaches try to criticize a player and then tell the same player, go, 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 to, go to battle for me. Go to war for me. 
It just ain't the same. No, it isn't. And, and I really like that you hit on that because this is there's such a difference between giving someone feedback and criticizing. And, and, and that's why I really like the way you phrase that, because when you criticize someone, then ask them to go to battle for you. It's really difficult because criticizing is about putting people down, about telling them that they're wrong, telling right. them that they're bad, that kind of stuff. There's a difference between that and getting feedback. Feedback's wonderful. But the problem is, it's the criticizing, it's the putting them down, it's the, and, and you said it perfectly, you take yourself out of the equation. And I want to lay this really clearly at the beginning. I really believe that in every relationship, every person who's in that relationship plays a role. So if you're criticizing the person, there's, that's some, there's something you're doing. And like you said, when you criticize, you take the spotlight off yourself, when really there are things yeah. you could be doing to improve as well. Yeah, so, so so let's take this totally out of just a one-on-one -on -one relationship. Let's take this as, as understanding when people that you don't even know criticize you. Mm. See, I, I, I think, I think we, we, we don't think about when you hear all of this criticism of people's opinions, it always, always captured my thoughts when I said, wow. If they criticize me and don't know me but can speak about something they have no clue about, mm. then I promise you a little bit of that they may be talking about themselves. <laughs> I think a ton there. <laughs> I think they're entirely talking about themselves. I say this to people all the time. If you have an opinion about somebody on TV and you never met that person, whatever your opinion is, is way more about you than it is about that person. Because I promise you, if I gave one paragraph about your life to, to everybody else in the world, uh, they could all form an opinion about you too. Yeah, yeah, man. That's the that's one that's that's good, bro. Criticizing. Number yeah, so one, what I, so what, yeah, so number one thing. So and I, and I say to people all the time, if you're gonna not instead of criticizing, be supportive. Be supportive. Right. Look, let, let let me let me see what you're doing. Let me meet you where you are and find out what you're doing, what's going through your mind, and let me be supportive instead. Because when you be, we come, become supportive and the person feels that you're yeah. on his or her side, now they're willing to, like you say, go to battle with you. The moment you start to criticize, substitute that word. And the word that you substituted for is now you must become a servant. Mm. A servant can't criticize. Yes. Right? So, so when you serve, you, you, you will never bring out the bad side of somebody because then mm. you're not serving them. You're criticizing them. When you serve them, you give up the, the, the weakness of, of, of what they may have. And, and maybe you don't know them from afar. And maybe you don't know the pains that they're going through. And maybe you don't know the reason why they are. That's why you, you, that's why you serve them from wherever you are. You don't even have to be connected to them. Your energy can serve people. You know, I think people, that, that's sometimes what we forget in life. That's why, you know, you're talking about the deadly, deadly habits of relationships. Doc, it's, it's, I've been reading a lot, man, just reading these books. And it's really interesting, some of the things that I'm starting to come up on. But but us to have these conversations, right, to really bless people. We're reading these emails and see how it's changing people's lives and everything. But 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 we want people to, to, to like, figure out, like, what we're really trying to do because, we are we are ruining relationships because of because of criticism. Like we we are gossiping about people mm. and has no education about people. Like, mm. but we're doing it on every freaking show, every freaking TV, everything, bro. Like, it doesn't matter. No matter what you do, good or bad, nobody knows the intention. 
When you right. walk through any door, nobody knows that intention. But they can criticize you based off what they think their intention is, which is right. the which is the problem. Oh man, it's, it's, well, it's so true. I mean, you, it's so crucial. Yeah. Yes, and then you 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 are really hit the nail on the head when it comes to thinking about the internet. Think about the criticism that comes this this anonymous you know the cyber cowards, the people who like Dame says the cyber cowards, the people who just say wild criticism. Um, and and we think look that's toxic. But now think about. And and I'm, I bet every one of our listeners would adamantly agree with us that when it comes to the cyber cowards, when it comes to criticizing online, oh yes, that's wrong. Well, then why bring that in your intimate relationships? Why criticize right. the person that you love the most? It just doesn't make sense. Right. Your, your battle. Your battle. I think the the one of the solutions to this is your battle with having criticism. With being criticized, if you're okay, if you're okay with being criticized, I promise greatness wait for you on the other side of it. <laughs> mm. I used to, I used to like thrive when I hear somebody say something about me that I know 100% is not true. <laughs> so, so I'm like listening to people right respond to somebody criticizing me about something that I know 1,000% is absolutely false. So I say, wow. You know what? Before I become that ignorant or angry, I will serve you. I will still pray for you. I will still say, I will still smile just like you're a friend of mine. And I know you're my greatest enemy. Mm. Because it's because it's the misconception, man, that that we 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 let criticism get to us. Criticism has always inspired me. Because now that you're paying attention to me. I tell people this all the time. If my haters are paying attention to me, keep watching me long enough and something that I'm doing is going to inspire you to never criticize again. <laughs> I love yeah. that. I love yeah. that. And I love your statement, too, that your energy can serve people because when soon as you take it in to let me serve you, it changes. It changes the dynamic. That's a good so one. So that's you. So, yeah. So criticizing. Yeah. Number so number two. two, number two is blaming. <laughs> now, look, you, anybody that grew up with siblings knows this is kind of like that sibling behavior from childhood. You know, you wanted to say, well, you're responsible for this. But the reality is, we are solely responsible for our actions. No one's making you do anything, no one's holding you back in life. Look, when you blame others for your life, you stop taking responsibility for your actions. Man, listen to this. Listen to this. The blame game. Mm. Let me tell you something. We're playing in New England 2011. And we get down and we make some big plays. We make some big plays, man. And we get on the 9, 10-yard line. And Joe drops back. And Joe throws the perfect dime pass to Lee Evans. And he missed his shot. Mm. And then we had this kicker come up, I think a 23-yard field goal. We tied a game. We, we tied a game. We go into overtime. He missed it wide left. Mm. But I remember in that game, one of the I was trying to read this tackle this guard that was coming down on a plate. And I remember on this big down, I shot it, but I didn't shoot it the way I should have shot it. 
And so I kind of overran it. I still made the tackle, but it still went for a first down. And when that game was over, everybody only remember blaming Lee Evans and the kicker. But I remember, bro, in that moment, I was challenged mm. to respond to my team to say, how can I blame Lee Evans? How can I blame my kicker? When in the third quarter, if I just do what I'm supposed to do and just make this tackle, if I go right now and just make this tackle, guess what? They probably never in this position. <laughs> you, 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 every week, I, I promise every week you blow my mind. But this statement right there, that really blows my mind because here is the legend, the ultimate in, in football saying th- it's not on just the kicker. Because I think that this is great. It's such a great metaphor with football because here everyone would see it's the kicker. But yet for you to be where, who you are and what you've done and what you've accomplished and say, no, look, when I missed that particular uh, space at whole that was my that's my fault so how can i blame him this is the ultimate the epitome in what the greatest do the greatest own responsibility they don't blame others they own responsibility so i am like that's kind of I'm, I'm this is one of those stories that's just gold yeah because i'm look 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 and i want to jump around because we got some good ones that i really want to talk about because the blame, the blame one, that's the one thing that I tell you is is probably one of the greatest like weaknesses ever in a team sport is when you can blame somebody else. You know, that, that's what I always say when you when you watch sports, when you watch champions, when you watch people who do it, the number one thing that they do the most is take care of themselves. So, so now they don't have room. They they will never blame somebody else for 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 not making a play or not, bro. Listen, even in personal relationships, you know, you you think about you're in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl Fifty One, New England's down. Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time. Matt Ryan, can you can you do it, right? And now you read the stories after Matt Ryan chokes and all of these different things, right? But how can it be, it be the blame on Matt Ryan? Because if you as offensive coordinator and you're up 28 to 3, you know what you should be doing? You should be running the ball probably 35 to 40 times because the last thing you want to do is make any mistake to let the New England Patriots come back in that ball game. So now right. we switch the blame game again. Or oh, it's Matt Ryan because he ain't scored no more points. Or oh, it's, it's, Think about, bro, what sports does to men. It molds men. It molds you that if you look at yourself and you can blame somebody else in their moment of making the play, of not making the play, man, you always got to look at yourself first to I, make I, sure you did. You know, oh man, man. It, but it's so right because it, and it's and this is one of the things. Look, when in our intro, we always say this is a success podcast that tackles life through the lessons of sports. And what what you just taught right there in terms of teamwork is that owning that that sports molds you because when you own your responsibility you become stronger as a team and then and then and then i want to flip it right back to the intimate relationships because i've heard so many people say in the past well uh, i'm not this because so and so is holding me back and i say no 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 one's holding you back 
you're allowing you've allowed that person to be the reason why you chose not to pursue the path you wanted to choose. But when you put the blame on that other person, then you now have no responsibility for your life. And that's not okay. I would rather empower people to say you are always responsible, responsible for your life. Always, always, man. Look, yeah, man, so that's that's blame huge. No, that's you. Blame nobody but yourself. If you if you in a if you in a bad place in life, if you ain't figured it out yet, if you in something that you know you don't need to be in, don't blame nobody else, man. Look at yourself first. You know, and it kind of and it kind of leads into the next one, right? Because number three is complaining. Mm. You know, it's like it's like the one thing, bro. I've always, ooh, man, I always stayed away from is playing with people that complain. Man, I don't need to hear no complaints. Don't give me nothing. Just give me everything you got. Don't complain to me. You know what I'm saying? Either you're going to have a conversation with me, but you're not going to complain. I ain't got time for that, man. <laughs> when you're biking 217 miles, you have no time to listen to somebody complain. Dog, listen, you can't listen to complaining because I guarantee you somebody closer to you than you think got it triple time worse than you do. Mm. You, I don't care at what point in life, no matter what stage, what disappointment, whatever it is, I guarantee you at that moment, somebody has it worse, worse than you. A hundred percent. So I, yeah. you know, I, I really, I phrase it this way. I think there is a big difference between being victimized and playing a victim. When you're victimized through a crime or some sort of pain, I get that. That's that's real. I don't I would never take anything away from that. But when you play the victim, that's when you say, "Look, I'm helpless. I'm not responsible for anything and it's your fault." And then you start complaining. It's the world's fault. It's everybody else's fault. And when and that's when we play the eternal victim role. And in that victim role, it's like this. Here's my metaphor. Imagine you take a cup and, and you cut the bottom out of that cup and then you try to pour water into it. It's going to it will never fill it up. And when someone's play, playing the victim and they're in that constant state of complaining, you'll never you'll never satisfy them. Wow. Wow. Doc. That's that's. Oh, wow. See, it's always good to hear it from a from a different angle. You know what I'm saying? I think I think because the way you explain it. Jesus, scientifically, I want to go reread it now. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I keep telling you, man, you got to teach, teach me some of this psych stuff, man. You be on, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm doing this know, stuff by yourself, dog. God, I need some of this. <laughs> but you know, it's so no. it's, it's draining to be around people who are like that. That's why it I like is. the way it you, is. You're not have you don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. But before I and 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 I before I used to lose my mine or temper or let my temper lose itself every time i found somebody around me that was complaining doc i, I still live it to this day i politely remove myself from that space mm. man i'm talking about I, I i've been in games before where i'm listening to people complain i turn my i'm out i i can't i can't even stay here a second long longer you know and so I, I i think i think complaining is the one thing man that if if you if you was going to replace like complaining 
you have to replace it with responsibility. Mm. You know, mm. Yeah. It, it, before you complain, make sure you're responsible for your complaints. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Take time to be responsible for the role that you play. Absolutely. We are, yeah, we are dropping the seven deadly relationship habits on you, and uh, we'll be back with more of them. We gave you the first three, and we'll be back with more of them right after this. The Tackling Life Podcast is now taking your calls. If you have questions or comments for us, just call 646-762-4432 and leave us a message. We might play it on the show. That's 646 762 4432. You can also message us through our website, tacklinglifepodcast.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, information about our guests, ways to subscribe to the podcast, and much more. That's tacklinglifepodcast.com. All right, we're back and we are talking about the seven deadly relationship habits. And this is it's fun. Like I really I love doing this stuff with you because, like you say, we're receiving emails, we're getting feedback from people in, in different countries all over the world where this is impacting others. And I know we're both humbled that people are listening and we want to bring you the best information possible. So today we're talking about the seven deadly relationship habits, the things that are toxic. For your relationships, the things that will bring your relationships down. We talked about criticizing. We talked about blaming. We talked about complaining. And now number four, we talking about nagging. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Because oh boy. as soon as we say the word nag, every person out there listening knows you do not like to be nagged. There is not one listener out there that's like, oh, I love to be nagged. No, you can't, you can't stand being nagged, yet there's probably not one listener out there that can't say, well, sometimes I do nag, and that is not. When you nag, let me just say this, Ray, when you nag people, you are not taking the time to meet them where they are. Man, if you want to piss, if you want to piss me off, <laughs> you just nag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Look, look. I always tell, like, when you think about nagging, like, what you do to people, what you bring out. And I want people to really understand this. To, and this is definitely for men. And this is for women, too, but it's definitely for men. When you nag a king, you make him choose from that point. Because we have two sides of us. Every man has it. He has a king and he has a fool inside of him. And when you nag him, I guarantee you 99% of the time, you will never get the king. You will mm. get the fool. Mm. And it's only the ones who spent enough time that has the ability to control the fool. That, that's why if you, if, you, if you think about why mm. men get to a point to where they put their hands on women and, 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 and they're violent towards things, because when you bring out the fool side, you then say, I, I, I know what that side does. And the moment that side comes out, it's uncontrollable. That's why men, some, some, some of the men make some of the most stupidest mistakes ever. You talk to them in jails all the time about that yep. one mistake that they wish they could have made because somebody's nagging them. Somebody's, you know, making it worse than it is and won't, won't leave them alone. And just the bully just keep going, 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 going. And then somebody gets fed up and say, okay, you know what? L let's deal with this like this. 
and you make a foolish decision that affects you for the rest of your life. So I tell you, man, if you had the ability to to choose nagging, man, choose actually having a conversation with somebody. Don't nag me. Conversate with me. Right. Right, right, right. And let me be really clear with our listeners, because I know this is definitely the, the, the perspective that you and I both take. In no way, shape, or form are we saying that if uh, you nag somebody, you're responsible for them being violent towards you. That's not even close to the conversation. The conversation is that you always play a role in in your relationship. And so and what nagging does to people is we keep saying, you should be here. You should be here. You should be here. And, and look, I talk about it like this. There's a difference between the cartoon world, the way the world is, the way we want it to be, and the real world, the way the world actually is. So as long as you're nagging, you're just talking to the cartoon world. Well, this is where you should be. This is what should be happening. When the real world is, this is where the person is. So it's highly ineffective to nag people. Yeah. Bro, I used to tell, I used to, and this is on a sensitive side for me, but I used to tell my mom sometimes, man, when I was young, I'd never forget it, man, how, like, he was just always so nagging, like, towards my mom, you know what I'm saying? And mm. then when I used to watch, like, things that he, he used to do to her, to just nag the hell out of her, bro, and it, like, mm. crushed me, like, as a kid, man, mm. to see my mother keep enduring this, just this ugliness of just knowing you're just nagging him, nagging her just for freaking because, you know what I'm saying? Right, and right, yeah, right. stronger than her. And yeah, you, you know, you done hit her and all this stuff and you done got me boiling because you just making her, oh man, react. And bro, I'm telling you, I tell people this all the time. Kids learn exactly what they live, man. Because that's the reason why I don't complain. I don't criticize. I don't blame. I don't criticize. I stay away from all these things we're talking about. Because I once lived, my, I once watched my mom live this. Man. Yeah. yeah. No, and so that's and, why I think it's kind of important that that we're not just throwing knowledge. It's like things that I, I've lived, and, and it's and it will change relationships when you start to understand. <laughs> When you start to understand this, it will change your relationship to say, look, I'm nagging, I'm nagging, I'm nagging at somebody. But look, let me say this. When I was when I was a little kid, my dad w went from I was a little kid and I was like every kid. You don't like brushing your teeth when you're a little kid. And, uh, and I remember my dad used to tell me all the time, brush your teeth, brush your teeth, brush your teeth. And then one day he came up with this brilliant advice for me. He said, uh, instead of nagging, he looked at me and he said, hey, just brush the teeth you want to keep. And I'll never forget that because from that moment on, he never had to tell me to brush my teeth again because I thought, that's it. I want to brush, I, like, I definitely, I want to keep all my teeth, so I'm going to brush them all. But it changed from saying, you, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this, to, look, their choices, their consequences. So that's really what it's all about. Their choices and their consequences. And that nagging people is not, it's doing the opposite of what yield theory is. It's not taking the time to meet people where they are. It's saying you should yeah. be here when clearly you're over there. Yeah. Yeah. Get away from, get away from people who nag you, man, because they bring out the ugly side of you. Ugly. Yeah. Definitely. That's really good. So yeah. yeah nagging, number five. So. Number five. Wow. Threatening. 
Threatening, wow. yes. Number five is threatening. And then I'm telling you, man, we could talk about this on so many different levels, but let me start with in uh, uh, your, in, you know, your close intimate relationships, right? Your love relationships. Because look, in a street fight, in a street fight, it's great to go ahead and threaten people, but it's not very healthy in a your loving, most close relationships. Because let's take the example. People come to me with this all the time. They'll say, "Well, uh, if if he does this or she does this one more time, that's it. I'm leaving." But then they stay. So what they're really doing by threatening is teaching their partners that they're not a person of their word, that their word is not their bond. And if you really want to teach your partner that your word is your bond, that you mean what you say, then you need to follow through with what you say. And you certainly as heck don't want to follow through on threats that come from a place of, of darkness or impulse control problems. Yes, it's funny because threatening can, can, can always be like one of those things that's just where you just try to just dominate someone, you know, like yes. you just take their personality and take their spirit. Like, <clears throat> like that's one of my, I think my traits that I, I have is I'm like, I've always stayed away from people who are like threatening, like with their intentions, you know, and things like that. Like the way they may speak at you, like yes. even coaches, like if, if, if coaches, like there's one thing about me, I used to always say, you can talk to me a certain way, but you ain't going to threaten me. Like mm -hmm. that, that's, that's what we're not going to do. Right. You know, and, <laughs> You know, because I, I think it changes the conversation immediately. You know, it changes yes. like like who you're dealing with and do you know who you're dealing with? Because if you don't know who you're dealing with, you either wake up, you know, open your eyes because that, I'm not that. I'm not that. Right. And, and, and I think overall, man, you know, it, it's, it's something I, I pay attention to this a lot. If you ever watch people when they talk to people anymore, the personal engagement is almost extinct, right? It's mm. not, there's no more eye-to-eye -eye contact and, you know, firm handshakes and, you know, so, you know, when you think about the word threatening on how people used to always speak about people and just say this, say that, like, switch that, dog. Like, switch a threatening voice and, and, and just replace it with one of the simplest words ever. And what I believe is just practice this 100% being calm. Mm. Just just chill out. Just chill out for a minute. You know, my mom told me this years ago. She said, you ain't got nothing good to say out your mouth. Don't freaking say it. You know? <laughs> I love it. I love it. And it's just like, calm down, breathe, chill, chill out. Nothing's this freaking bad, no matter how bad it is. And then I think I think all of the, the conversations become resolved if we slow down, breathe. And go into it with patience and calmness. Yeah. Well, what I love about that is that when you go into a situation with patience and calmness, then when you're calm, then you can avoid the entire ordeal of threatening. Because look, our greatest physical need is to be safe, right? We need to be safe. So the threats they really hit the part of our brain that's literally our, what we call our fight, flight, or freeze response. So we are eliciting that fight, flight, or freeze response when we threaten people. And that's deep inside the emotional part of our brain. And, and, and I know this is an audio show, so you're listening, but just imagine the front part of your brain is the thinking part of your brain, and, and, and the, the middle part of brain is your emotional part of your brain. So when you threaten people, you're talking to the middle part of the brain. 
when actually you want the front part to be listening. So you're shooting yourself in your own foot. The reality is threatening is dangerous, it is unhealthy, and it is a definitely one of the seven deadly relationship habits. Gang world, the gang world fight more in jails and on the streets because of threats. <laughs> yes. Because of, of because, because somebody said, oh man, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And, 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 and if you think about this like from a human perspective, right, on, on how you can be threatened or threatened and then respond to it immediately, knowing that it has it has lifetime consequences the moment you threaten somebody. Lifetime consequences, and oh, let me man. just go on this. Let me jump on this because you know how passionate I am, and you know that I'm in the prisons two days a week right now. So I'm with people who literally have made a choice that have put themselves behind bars for the rest of their lives. And there's something called violent fantasies. And violent fantasies occur when we start running in our mind with, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. And here's the problem with violent fantasies. First of all, it's normal that people have these. But what you want to do is when they come up for you is do exactly what you talked about, Ray, which is bring yourself to a place of calmness, bring yourself to a place of peace. Because if you run with violent fantasies, you are significantly more likely to then threaten people and then act on those threats. And so that's why exactly what you just said is so key because you cannot allow yourself to go down that path of violent fantasies. We listen, Ray. We'll sit there. We'll talk in, in in the anger. When I do anger management groups, and I'll say to guys, like I want you to set your your number for violence to zero. In other words, I don't want you to go out thinking I could. I'll fight if this happens, this happens, or this happens, because I promise you, you'll look for that, and all three of those things will happen. So I say set your number to zero. And here's what happens, Ray. Every single time I bring this up in a group, there's always one guy that's like. Yeah, but if somebody jumps me, then I'm fighting them back, and you can't tell me not to. And I say, I'm never talking about – look, your instincts will always kick in if someone jumps you, if someone robs you, if someone attacks you. Your instincts will always kick in. We're talking about normal, healthy lives here. Threatening is unhealthy, and going down that route of violent fantasies about what you will do is so unhealthy. It is, man. It is. That, that's great, dog. I'm going to leave you with that one because that's – I mean, just think about that from frontal, the middle of the brain. That's that's really good, man. Number but it's six. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is. But I just I really want to impress upon our listeners that threatening and you and we're talking about it from lifelong consequences. But I just want to break it down to your everyday relationship. Why in the world do you threaten your loved ones? Instead, just be a person of your word. If you're not going to stay in the relationship, then leave the relationship. If you're going to be in it be in it but the threatening the empty threats that stuff is really really unhealthy instead of that try being trusting try doing race and being calm being peaceful we got two more for you we're going to take a quick break we'll be right back after this with the final two of the seven deadly relationship habits okay we're back we're talking 
talking about the seven deadly relationship habits. We are expanding this stuff, and, 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 and Ray has tied this stuff in with teamwork. And I've talked about some of this stuff in uh, with what can happen when you get behind bars. But, but the, ultimately, we're trying to help you help your relationships by starting with yourself, by eliminating the seven, devin, the seven deadly relationship habits. So here's what we've come to so far. Criticizing, blaming, complaining, nagging and threatening and now we're going to give you the final two and the final two let's go with number six punishing <laughs> and uh punishing when we're talking about a relationship you're talking about your love we're not talking about parents we're not talking about parenting and punishing your child we're talking about your loved ones your intimate relationship and when you start punishing your intimate relationship partner you become the parent and when you become the parent in an intimate relationship, that's just not right. I don't want to punish nothing that I love. Mm. Why, why would I want to belittle the butterfly that I dream about? Mm. Why? Yeah, it's like, Doc, listen, man. It's a couple of, you know, it's a couple of things that always pushes my button. So it's like, you know, when, when you think about in being in a relationship with somebody, you think about that you will never get this time ever again, ever. So whatever time you share with somebody, there's something that you must grab of value in every relationship, no matter how bad, no matter how good. And I think the, 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 the point of punishing someone, that's a weakness of your own. That's a, that's a, that's a vice of your own. That's a bad issue. That's mm -hmm. a personal issue. And that person is just there to be <laughs> whatever dummy you want them to be at that moment. Right. You know, that's that's a place, man, that, yeah, I've seen it, that place personally. It so is. I it's a place. It. Yeah. No, it's a place of darkness. But let, let me let me take this to the uh, a form that maybe ma many of our listeners might not be aware that you might be doing. And uh, here's different forms of punishment. One form of punishment is to give people uh, the silent treatment. So think about this. When, when is the last time in a relationship with your loved one that your loved one gave you the silent treatment and you were sitting there thinking, man, I bet she thinks I'm awesome right now. If, if you get the silent treatment, you start thinking the worst things ever. No, I know she's thinking this or he's thinking that, whatever it is. So when you punish someone with silent treatment, what you're really doing, again, that's punishment. And why? Why is it that you want to do that instead of being able to just talk out what's going on? Especially if you know that silent treatment is someone's hot button issue because we don't want to be shut down in silence. So what would be healthy? Instead of giving silent treatment, instead of punishing someone, speak, talk, talk it out. Hey, this is what's on my mind. This is what you did or this is what I perceived. When you speak about it, you don't have to punish somebody. Yeah, yeah, punishment. I mean, it, it can come in so many forms. So you many. Know, the trick, yeah, the tricks people play um, with the word punishment, man. But you know, I, I just, I just think nobody should ever look at themselves so, so much so that they think they have the ability or will punish somebody. You know, I mean, bro, you think about every nine seconds. You know, a woman is domestically being you know in, in this world and 
when I think about that, man, I pray all day, every day, bro. Like, mm. you know, one of my prayers is a lot is, is Lord, if you can slow down pain at any cost, Father, just just give somebody just a whiff of fresh air come across their face that they will make it out and they won't be punished and they won't be just all these crazy things that we're doing to to the other people, to, to people who are just like us. They have a yes. heart, a mind, they have a brain, they have all of these things and we're punishing our our kind. Yes. I mean, people that's like, like us and some of them are just the opposite sex but then some of them, you know, it's just the same sex and we're doing the same things to the same people who look like us. Men look like men and you're just punishing them with, with, with oh my gosh, the intentions, man, and the things that me and you deal with and we see, bro. Um, I, I just think these are the things that's killing relationships in, in our world. Um, and so it, it's, it's one of those ones that you got to be stern with it because there's a difference in punishing and discipline. Yes, um, there's a difference right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Hundred percent, like absolutely, yeah. absolutely, wholeheartedly, discipline is necessary. Discipline is is absolutely necessary. The, pro, yeah. the you know, and, and the one thing I've talked about this a lot in my career is, for some reason, uh, 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 discipline and violence get intertwined, and they don't need to be intertwined because they are two totally separate things. You can be yeah. very, you, and like you know, you know me as a father, like I'm very, I, I'm a disciplinarian, but there's nothing, there's no sense of violence in that there's just uh, it, there's a big difference between discipline and violence but yeah. i, I want to hit on something you just said because you really expanded it right now and i think this is something that i really want to emphasize for our listeners which is the entire world which is you're right this punishment occurs at all levels not just in the intimate relationships but with people hurting each other with with gang on gang crime with people saying you know you crossed into my hood you did something you shouldn't have done any anything there's so much punishment and why because it places us and when we when and this is what i want our listeners to hear when you put yourself in a position to think that you can punish others you are really going down that track of thinking that your ego that you are on this plane that you're somehow different or better than others when really we're all equal and we're all in this space together doc i want i want you to just think about this doc the greatest threat to civil society as mankind. Like every day, the flood images on our television screen tells a sad story, right? Just think about this. Blood, death, diplomacy, conflict, hatred, fear, natural disasters, migration, starvation, rape, genocide, refugees, human migration, natural disasters, daily bombings, economic uncertainty, immigration, corporate cor corruption, moral decay, sexual revolution. <laughs> Think about the class of countercultures. All of these testify to one fact. We are our own worst enemy. Mm. Mm. <laughs> We're punishing our own kind. Yes, we are. God, yes, we, we, are. we have, we have, we have, and, and guess what? And it's so, it's becoming so normal to us now that we don't slow down to think about it unless it directly affects us. Yep. Yep. Oh my gosh. 
Oh my gosh, man. That 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 hits me deeply because you're right. We are doing this to each other. Like this is the punishment we give each other. We punish people for having differences of opinion. We punish people for thinking differently, believing differently. We punish them. And why? Why where you I just what I'm asking and I think you're asking it too is please people start to ask yourself why you need to punish people for uh, having different thoughts, different beliefs, different anything. It, it just doesn't make listen, sense. Listen, listen, it's easy. You, you, you know the greatest word to, to switch out from punishing somebody? Love them. Mm. It's the greatest It's the greatest reward ever that this earth will ever give. It's not money. It's not success. It's love. It's being able to transfer what you think you need to do to hurt somebody that looks just like you in any way, form. I don't understand how mothers or parents hurt their kids. I don't understand. I don't understand how you keep punishing your cultures time after time. I don't understand how the things just keep going and we're not paying attention to the greatest thing that we removed in this country is love. Mm. Love conquers all things. Love overrides all things. And we replaced it with punishment and criticism and blaming and complaining and nagging and threatening and all of these things that we're almost at the last one. But you got to think about it. Everything, every common thing that these each one of these has is it's not about you. It's about somebody else. Yes. <laughs> we're not yes. doing that. We're not doing the self checks. We're not checking yes. ourselves no more, Doc. The one common thing I told you earlier that we was going to get to, all of these things, they come back to say one thing. You're doing, you're looking at everybody else and you ain't looked at yourself yet. I, I, <laughs> I really love that statement. We're not doing the self-checks and we need to do the self-checks. And we'll give, you, we'll give you the last one. We'll give you the seventh of the seven deadly relationship habits. But it's when you try to bribe or re reward someone t just for the effect to try to control them. So when we do it w on, on a consistent basement, on a consistent base, consistent basis, we're not embracing a give and take relationship. We're not talking about a give and take. We're trying to control, and that is not healthy. When you're bribing or rewarding somebody to try to control them, it's not what a healthy relationship's all about. A healthy relationship, they can negotiate differences. A healthy relationship relationship they can compromise but when you bribe or when, when you reward to try to control people because look i'm going to tell you this and and i want to bring it back to the statement it was a very powerful stat that you gave earlier about every nine seconds uh, a, a woman is, be is beaten and 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 when we come back to this idea of control look a relationship. That's why I love your statement. We're not doing this, the self-checks we need to do because a relationship is a two-way street. A relationship is a give and take. A relationship isn't about controlling other people. It's about two human beings with free will coming together because they choose to be together. It's to understand what relationships are really supposed to be, Doc. Like we supposed to be learning with each other. We supposed to be sharing knowledge. We supposed to be like seeking every day to become wiser, yes. right? And figure out how to make each other better. The world, the world survives better if you simply live better. You treat somebody different. 
You know, it's, and, it's oh man. And wow. then when, and so let me come back to the very beginning where you're talking about biking and you said, look, you just got to go through when you re uh, get yourself back to into biking. You got to get, or if you've had time off or whatever, you got to spend the time uh, going through that pain. It's going to be uncomfortable uh, sitting on your butt on that type of seat or whatever. But you're willing to put through, you do what it takes. Because you have self-control. And the only kind of control that's healthy in any kind of relationship is self-control. There is no, is no self, such thing as healthy other control. The only kind of control that's healthy is self-control. And when you do the thing, and I want to come back to that biking for a minute, because when you say, look, I want this, and I'm willing to do this for that, it's all about you. It's not about you saying, I need someone else to satisfy this for me. Because when you look for that, now you start to control people. And whether you're bribing, whether you're whatever it is, it's unhealthy to do. It's unhealthy to do. Yeah. Yeah, I think that to, to like, you know, tell this simple kind of all of these things, right? Because each one of them got the do's and don'ts. But the bottom line is become a better you. Mm. You know? And, and these things you'll see why they are they are for you if you become a better you you know don't don't look at everybody else to understand what you're doing why you're doing it just do it just do it and keep moving keep moving because to a lot of people getting away from these type of crowds will not be a popular thing right you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I see. Let, let me ask you this. I want to ask you this yeah. because you, you made this statement around when we talked about blaming and you said, look, champions avoid blaming others and you are a champion. So let me ask you this. Would it be safe to say that champions avoid all these things, all these deadly habits? Yeah. I mean, and, and, and not only avoid them, I think what they do is even if they found themselves in them because it's, it's just it's natural for it. Right. Right. Some situations sometimes very quickly. But I think the moment it has, I think they think about it very quickly and they take the high road. Yes. Um, one thing about like we're not I, I will never just sit there and criticize a teammate saying, man, he's so terrible. You know, you know, he just you this, that, right. Mm -mm. Blaming. I ain't going to put blame on nobody because I got to do my own thing. Complaining. I ain't got time to complain, child. I'm, I'm just grown. <laughs> you know, nagging. I just I, I nagging. I just it's just it's a childish thing for me. And then threatening is just, I, I'm not trying to dominate nobody. Punishing, this ain't no animal. I don't need to punish my animals. I love my animals, you know, and, and control over anybody. I control one thing in life. I control who I am. I control who I love. I control, I control my relationship and conversation with God every second of my life. And more importantly, I control that I can choose to love instead of do all of these other things. So, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I hope this is helpful for people. I definitely hope this is helpful for people. Um, you know, as, as someone, I, I, I've been married for 17 years, and I can tell you that the all these types of things, again, we're all human. We make these mistakes. These things come up naturally for people. But if you want a healthy, happy long-term committed relationship you got to avoid doing these seven deadly relationship habits because if you don't avoid doing these habits it's going to be toxic for you and 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 when you're around this type of this type of toxic any kind of toxicity anything that's toxic for you i really like your statement ray which is i politely remove myself from that space <laughs> and we were talking about it during complaining but i love the way you phrase that because that's the key if you're around toxic people 
people. If you're around people or they're doing the seven deadly habits, then maybe it's time to politely remove yourself from that space. Yeah, man. Listen, hope, faith, love, commitment, promise, obedience, obedience, discipline, you know, praise, joy, reflection today, tomorrow, you know, do it right now. Don't wait. Past is over. All of those things. Just just affirm them to yourself every day. You know, I am king. I will live as king. I am whole. I am promised. I will not be spoke to a certain way. God will bring me somebody good in my life. God has promised me somebody good in my life. Father, keep me away from people who ain't good for me. Sometimes you just got to claim it, man. <laughs> I'm mm. telling you because you're going to have, I tell people this all the time, that if you show me your crowd, I'll show you your future. Sometimes we're around people, doctor, we're just stuck being around. And yep. sometimes we're around them because we're in pure fear of what could possibly happen for leaving them. But I think that the message of this is, yeah, if you have these seven deadly habits in your relationships, if you know of them in some in somebody else's relationship, do nothing else but try to help them to understand that none of them are healthy. Right. You know? Right. Bottom. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is great. It's important information. And that's why we bring it to you. We want to help you in any way we can help you. And uh, I can tell you one thing. If, you, if you're if you listening to this show and your loved one does these seven deadly relationship habits and you go right at them and you're like, listen, Ray and Dr. Conti just said these are unhealthy. You need to stop. And you need to check yourself because you're probably going to be criticizing in that moment. Look, this is all about love. This is all about awareness. It's all about understanding. Uh, we want you to be mindful about whatever it is that you're doing. And we definitely want you to be mindful about your relationships. Hey, this was a good show. I'm glad we did this topic today. Oh, man, it's good, bro. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I think it just hit on so many perfect things. You know, I, I think it all comes down to, that. you know, you think about, now, how you you cap this up, you know, Doc, like we build big buildings, man, you know, and then we bomb them, you know, like we make mm. weapons and we use them on ourselves. Mm. Think about it, Doc, like we invent medicines and then heal and then withhold them from the sick. Like mm. we improve our web to enhance global communication and then use it to destroy the moral fiber of our freaking children. Like we're, we're destroying mm. the fiber of our children, Doc. Like, so when you think about it, man, like... You know, I think our challenge is to keep spreading enough hope to tell you there are people that really believe that, you know, we can change being our own worst enemy. We can look at people differently, regardless of skin color. You know, we can look at as a people, as an individual, as a freaking individual. And yes. we can be adults and be an adult. Don't be an adult trying to still be a kid. You know, mm. we let childish things be what childish things be and put mm. children in their places. I told a grandmother this, and, and, and it's a good way to end this, Doc. I told a grandmother this at a cigar event I just had in um, West Palm Beach. And she said something that disturbed me, Doc. She said, she said, Mr. Lewis, she said, I, I just, I, I've given up. You know, she said, that there's nothing we can do no more to, with, with these kids. You know, and she said, Lord Jesus, the things, the things they do now and the Internet and all this stuff. I said, Mama, do me a favor. I said, don't ever give up. Mm. Not on our kids, because once mothers give up, once mothers stop fighting, Doc, I'm telling you, man, that, that, that this world will not, it's already not a good place. We're you in know? trouble if mothers stop fighting. Oh, and I told her, I said, we must go back to old school. 
old school still exists. Yes, ma'am and no, ma'am still exists. If you respect every elder, regardless if you know them or not, you respect your elders. You walk around with your pants pulled up. You keep a clean haircut because you respect the family's name. It ain't about you. We're stuck. We're stuck in this instant gratification, man. And we have a way that we can change it, dog. If we as parents go back to old school, say no more than you say yes, man. We control that. That's when life was peaceful. Life was peaceful when we had order. Order has been disturbed because everybody wants to be like now. Forget being like that. We are our own worst enemy because we we become a, as a softer place. That's not why we, why we remember where we are. We remember where we are right now because of the disciplines that I went through in life. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Like, that's that's where your money is, man. That's how we get back to being this awesome freaking place again that everybody it respects each other's space and everybody encourages each other's. And, it, and, and if I make one of us better, then we all become better. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's the mindset of a champion. That's what this is about. So, look, go out there. And, and focus on yourself find out if you're doing any of those uh, deadly habits and if you are change them and if and if you're involved in people and you can't get away from or your relationship's toxic politely remove yourself from that space hey uh, we're going to keep coming at you that's why we come to you two times a week because there's a whole lot to get to so look we really appreciated you downloading the tackling life podcast and if you want more Tackling Life content, go to TacklingLifePodcast.com. From there, you'll find links to our pages on iTunes, Google Play, and other podcast sites where you can subscribe and get two all-new episodes automatically downloaded every week. There are also links to the Tackling Life Facebook and Twitter pages where you can become a part of the Tackling Life community and give us feedback, questions, ideas, and suggestions. You can also call us at 646-762-4432. That's 646-762-4432. Hey, and please help spread the word and bring in new listeners by giving us a rating and review on our iTunes page. The more ratings and reviews we have, the higher our rankings are, and the easier it is for new people to find the show. Hey, until next time, for Ray Lewis, I'm Dr. Christian Conti. A lot is being asked of people working in schools. Teachers have more and more things to do. The shortage of teachers right now, um, you know, having to fill a lot of holes and and wear a lot of hats, it's, it's very difficult. There are steps you can take to manage stressful times, whether in the classroom or outside of work. For me personally, I can disconnect by just being outside. Laughing (laughs) works a lot. Find what helps at cdcfoundation.org slash how right now.